Hi, I'm Chef John, and we're talking about food. Uh, you know, back in 2006, we all heard it. Save the bees. Uh, bee colony collapse first was noted as a problem. Uh, bees were disappearing out of their colonies. They were leaving troves of food behind. Offspring and the queen. It, there didn't seem to be any good reason for this. Nobody really understood what was going on. And people were worried about our food supply if the honeybee were to go instinct. There's just one small problem here. Uh, we're worried about the wrong bee. There are 20,000 species of bees in the world. 4,000, one-fifth of all those bees are here in North America. Honeybees are not native to the Americas. They were actually brought over in the 1600s by the English colonists. And they were domesticated. Uh, you know, they're classified as livestock. The USDA keeps track of them. These things are globally distributed. I mean, they're all over the place. The Apis mellifera is absolutely in no danger of going, going extinct. <clears throat> it's that 3,999 other species of wild bees that we really need to be concerned about. Uh... Those solitary, stingless, nesting bees that you've never heard of. You know, 50% of the Midwestern native bee species have disappeared from their native range in the last 100 years. Four species of bumblebees have declined. 96% have gone on the endangered list in the last 20 years, and three of those species are believed to already be extinct. Now, it's been suggested that there's some kind of nicotine derivative pesticides that are used that are causing a honeybee addiction of some sort. I guess it's like smoking for the honeybees. I don't know. Uh, there was another study that looked at the same pesticides on both honeybees and the wild bees, the native bees. And it, it focused on the pesticides as well. This was the largest real-world study conducted outside of a laboratory on bees. The study combined seed plantings, and they were coated with the uh, neocotinoid and fungicide. And, you know, amazingly enough, the honeybees were not affected by the seed treatments. Wild bees? That's another story. Density in the treated fields was half that of the untreated fields. Uh... Bumblebee colonies were very slow, they were sluggish, they couldn't get started, they didn't produce as many queens as they normally do, and the solitary bee nest just disappeared altogether. Uh, solitary bees are the most common of all the bees. They don't live in a hive. The female bee actually makes a hole either in the ground or a hollow stem, maybe inside of a tree or something, lays her eggs, and then just basically leaves each baby with a pollen sac to munch on when it wakes up after they hatch. Now, the breed of mason bees declined. Not one, not one mason bee started to breed in that field. Why the mason bees passed up on this amazing all-you-can-eat buffet? Nobody knows. Nobody really knows. We'll be back here in just a minute. So the point that we're trying to make here is that not all bees are created equal. They're not all the same. Uh, you can't measure what's 
toxic by using commercial honeybees alone. Native bees just don't have the support and the research behind them that commercial bees have. I mean, for the last 16 years, I mean, this all started in 2006, as I stated earlier. We've been very intently studying honeybees and honeybee collapse. We know a lot about honeybees. The native bees? Nah, not so much. Uh, the study put a pretty low dose of pesticides and all, and they're probably the very lowest that they could go and still find any sort of effectiveness on it. And it was applied, of course, before the crop was sown. But we still don't know what a lethal pesticide dose for solitary bees would be. Now, there's plenty of evidence here. I mean, we know the wild pollinators are declining. And not just the bees, uh, bats, monarch butterflies, things like that. I mean, bees are not the only pollinators in the world. But we can't count on honeybees to pick up the slack. Actually, I mean, domesticated honeybees are, they're a supplement to wild pollinators, not the other way around. Uh, there were 41 crop systems studied, and honeybees really only increased yields by 14%. The other 86%, native bees and other insects and other pollinators. Many bees are specialized. They don't, they carry pollen from certain plants. There's certain plants and smells and nectar that they look for. And they don't visit every little flower and such that's out there. They only do certain ones. The biggest example I can think of here is tomatoes. Uh, Honeybees don't pollinate tomatoes. The pollen is too big. It's too heavy. That job is normally done by bumblebees. So, uh, what can we do about all this? I mean, well, plant bee-friendly plants in, in your gardens. Uh, don't use pesticides on your lawn. And, you know, it would be helpful if you didn't mow your lawn as much. I know we love our beautiful yards. We love our landscaping. But let's try and make it a little more bee-friendly. Remember, bees need to eat all year long. They don't just come in the spring and crawl over your flowers and fly away. They need to eat all year long. And let's provide the habitat in our yards that urban sprawl is taking away. Uh, every year our cities grow. These open fields become condominiums and things like that. And the bees got to live somewhere. You know, conservation efforts usually focus on special pieces of land that haven't been trampled on or paved yet and well that's all good and well but it's not enough we are not going to save the bees by conserving little bits of habitat here and there okay a little spot in a national park tucked away somewhere it's not good enough we have to include space for them in our agricultural lands city parks yards just wherever we can Let's all work together on this and try to keep the bee population alive. Hey, I'm Chef John. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you.